From Upstate Medical University in Syracuse, New York, I'm Amber Smith. This is HealthLink on Air. You may have heard about chemotherapy as a treatment for cancer. Today, we'll delve deeper into what it is and how it works with Timothy Chang. He's a pharmacist at the Upstate Cancer Center. Thank you for being here, Mr. Chang. Thank you for having me today. What is chemotherapy? Is there a standard definition? Um, so if we look at the definition of, of chemotherapy, um, it's any medications that are used to treat fast-growing cells in the body. Um, and typically this is referring to cancer cells. So by fast growing, if there's other cells that are fast growing, they might be uh, affected as well. Yes, they, they can be, which leads to some of the side effects that can happen with chemotherapy. I see. Well, so it's not a particular medication or even a combination of it's medication. A, no, it's a, it's a referring to a um, just a, a group of medications that that can uh, do this particular uh thing of, of killing those fast-growing cells. Um, so it's just a general term. How many different chemotherapy drugs are there? Probably uh, close to a couple hundred um, medications available right now. Um, and it, on, uh, as time goes on, this, uh, this uh, number keeps growing and growing. So are, are some of the same drugs used for a variety of different cancers or does every cancer have its own you know, unique kind of chemotherapy. Depending on the medication, there there is some overlap with medic of medication between the different types of cancers. Um, it depends. Uh, a lot of this depends on the sensitivity of the tumor um, to these different types of chemotherapy, and if um, they are sensitive, and um, there is a potential for use for for using these chemotherapies in those medications. Well, can you tell us about? The first chemotherapy drug, I mean, how many years ago was this uh, sort of developed? So the first chemotherapy drug was available back in the 1940s and its um, development of it was actually uh, fairly interesting. Um, it was derived um, from mustard gas that was used in uh, World War I by the Germans. Um, and what ended up happening was a doctor uh, was doing uh, looking at some of the autopsy results um, in, in some of the soldiers from from the First World War, and they noticed that the uh, bone marrow in these patients was significantly um, halted by by the mustard gas. Um, and then they looked at this and um, realized that they were able to use this type of they, they might be able to use this type of medication for cancer. And so um, they did some modification to the mustard gas. Um, made it into a injectable product at that point. So it was called nitrogen mustard. Um, and now it's commonly known as a drug called mechlorethamine. Um, and uh, they used it to treat a, the first lymphoma patient in the 1940s. Um, and that patient had great results with it and ended up in remission at that time. So sort of discovered by accident. Yes. Yep. Wow. Um, so the patient in the 40s had lymphoma. Is that, uh, what kind of cancer is that? It's a blood type of cancer. Uh, the cell type in the lymph node uh, starts growing uncontrollably and um, there are some more underlying things that can cause this, but um, that's the general uh, de definition. Interesting. Well, can you walk us through how chemotherapy has evolved since then? In the broadest terms, chemotherapy can affect all types of cells as times 
gone on, um, scientists are now looking at using more targeted approaches to try to minimize some of the toxicities to patients. Um, so as you look as time's gone on, um, the chemotherapies become more and more targeted towards specific um, targets on the cancer cells. Um, so a lot of the new oral medications uh, that are out there are looking at specifically, they're called molecular targets on the outside of the tumors, um, and they stop cell signaling. So a lot of the newer drugs are targeting this, and some of the newer IV medications um, are looking at the same, same thing. They're targeting um, specific, a specific molecule on the outside of that tumor and trying to um, minimize toxicity to our patients. That's what I was going to wonder. So, I mean, because if this started with mustard gas, toxic, it's become the the drugs have become less toxic over time. Um, so, we hope they've become less toxic. Unfortunately, there are still um, a lot of side effects with some of these newer medications. Um, they're just trying to focus it more. Unfortunately, by inhibiting a specific target, though, sometimes those targets still affect some normal cell function as well. And that's what leads to some of these side effects. So is the goal of chemotherapy always to kill the cancer cells? Um, it's either to kill those, the cancer cells or to slow down the growth of the, of the cancer cells as well. And then you use the term cell signaling. That, does that have to do with cell growth? Yes, it, it can do with cell growth, yeah. What about, are there other diseases other than cancer um, for which chemotherapy may be prescribed? Yes, um, there's, so there's some autoimmune type diseases that, um, that it can be used for. So things like rheumatoid arthritis, um, multiple sclerosis is starting to utilize some chemotherapy medications to try to um, slow down the course of the disease by um, stopping the immune system. Interesting. You're listening to Upstate's Health Link on Air. I'm your host, Amber Smith, talking with pharmacist Timothy Chang from the Upstate Cancer Center, and our subject today is chemotherapy. Why are some chemotherapy medications oral and some intravenous through a needle? So it uh, depends on um, how the medication can be absorbed. Some medications can be absorbed orally and then um, if they're, when they go through the gut, they need to be converted by the liver, um, and some medications just aren't able to be absorbed that way. We can utilize the, the gut. Um, sometimes that is the best option and also has to do with some of the toxicities available um, on the medications as well. Is uh, which, which works quicker, oral or intravenous? Um, Typically, um, the IV has a faster onset of action just because it has because it's going straight into the bloodstream. The orals, oral medications still work fairly quickly, though, and so um, I, I wouldn't say one's faster than the other necessarily. And with other types of medications, I hear the term time release because they're meant to, you know, work over a course of hours or, or days, I guess. It, does that apply to chemotherapy drugs as well? Um, certain chemotherapy medications, and sometimes that has to do with where in the um, in the GI tract um, it needs to be absorbed from. So sometimes they'll say it's a time release medication, though. So it has some protection for the medication. So it needs to get to a certain part of the gut um, in order for it to absorb properly. Now, if someone um, 
needs an infusion and needs the intravenous chemotherapy type through an infusion, what determines if that person is going to be hospitalized for that or if they come, you know, and go home after the infusion? So that's a great question. Um, sometimes it has to do with some certain risk factors for the patient. So if they are at risk for having some type of reaction, they may need to end up in the hospital. Um, depending on when they're diagnosed too. Unfortunately, some patients are um, been diagnosed right in the hospital, so they need to get treated right away. Um, also, depending on the cancer type as well. So certain acute leukemias need to be treated um, in the hospital just because of the severity of the disease. Um, if it's not as severe, they can be treated on an outpatient basis if the medication allows for it to be like that. Um, and also, uh, the, depending, some some patients need something called a continuous infusion where they need to be hooked up to a pump. If we're able to, we'll send them home with something. If not, um, they need to be admitted to the hospital just because of the time it takes for the infusion to, to go in. In general, how would you uh, tell a person to prepare for chemotherapy? Um, so the best thing to tell the patients is to get plenty of rest and keep up their nutrition. That is really the key factor to preparing themselves for this. So be well rested, well hydrated, well, you know, good nutrition. Um, are there a set of side effects that are common with all chemotherapies or is it very individualized to the drug? It, it's individualized to the drug. Um, yeah, it's a lot of it's very individualized to the drug and to the patients too. Some patients will not have any side effects from the medications, and some patients will respond and uh, will will um will have some reactions to the medication. I've heard about uh, people losing their hair during treatment um, because of chemotherapy. Is that as common today as it used to be? Um, again, it depends on the medication. So as we were talking about before. Um, with some of the side effects, we had said that uh, chemotherapy works on the fast-growing cells um, in the body, and one of the fast-growing cells in the body are our hair, the cells that produce the hair. Um, and so, like I said, if if the chemotherapy is targeting targeting those rapidly growing cells, then um, that's one of the first things that unfortunately does that can go um, is hair loss. Well, other than rest and, and nutrition, is there anything people can do, um, maybe during an infusion even, that will help their body receive the medication? Hydration and nutrition are probably the best things that they can do. And just um, making sure they have a good support system as well to make sure there's people around them that are able to, uh, to help them during this tough time. Are there um, medications or strategies that can be useful to offset any um, negative side effects such as nausea or or fatigue? Yeah. So as far as the nausea, nausea and vomiting go, and that that is also one of the uh, most major side effects with a lot of these medications. Um, and depending on the medication that's being given, um, there are there's a wide wide range of anti-nausea medications that would be given. One example is a medication called uh, Zofran or Ondansetron. Um, that seems to be the most commonly used one. Um, and then depending on the combination of chemotherapy medications that are being given, um, certain combinations um, have a higher potential for patients that have nausea and vomiting. And in those groups of patients, 
um, we'll, we'll give a combination of anti-nausea medications to try to help uh, calm them down. And it's always important for the patients to remember too, uh, we're gonna give them um, the most common uh, anti-nausea medications. If they have nausea and vomiting still through, through that though, it's important for the patients to always let the, either the pharmacy or the uh, nurse or the oncologist know um, and then they can always find something um, a little bit stronger um, to, to help these patients through this tough time. We don't want a patient to go home with that nausea and vomiting and um, have, have these poor outcomes because of that. Do you have any advice for family members or loved ones for how they can help someone who's undergoing chemotherapy? Um, so the best thing to do is be an advocate for the patient. Um, do your research on the chemotherapy medication that the patient's going to be getting, um, be the present for that education part of it, and just keep an eye out for the patient. Sometimes patients are too weak to say anything or too scared to mention anything, but if you can be an advocate for them, um, that, that really is the best thing. And the other, other thing to remember too is uh, with some of these newer oral medications, it seems um, it's an oral medication. There won't be any side effects with these medications, but it's important to stay on on schedule with those medications. And also remember there are side effects that can happen. And it's important to um, try to watch out for those, those side effects. And then we, if we can get, keep those under control, the patients can stay on those therapies for a longer period of time and hopefully have a better outcome and keep the disease in check. Thank you to pharmacist Timothy Chang from the Upstate Cancer Center. I'm Amber Smith for Upstate's podcast and radio talk show, HealthLink on Air.